Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday. That is Bill Landis and I am Austin Ward and we are back once again with another uh, a bit of national insight into this program that we cover every single day. And surprise, it's about the pressure on Ryan Day. Does this sound exactly like a conversation that Berm and I had a couple weeks ago? Maybe, <laughs> but Bill wasn't part of it. So it's Bill's turn. I feel I feel honored. I like the idea. We should just do this like you and I will do a show and then we'll just come up the next day with you and Berm doing the exact same show and then like me and Berm will do the exact same show. I think we can, we can stretch every topic into three three individual shows. Yeah, I'm not sure it's exactly the same because we did kind of poke fun at the idea of anonymous coaching observations about those were a little bit more, I don't know, generous to Ryan Day in the situation at Ohio State. And I know that all three of us really feel the same way that this idea that Ryan Day is on the hot seat is not realistic. So let's start with that as the basic premise. Uh, but ESPN with all of its uh, size and reach and Heather Dinich with her uh, perch leading the college football playoff coverage for uh, that company, that's a pretty big megaphone. So when that, when a story like that comes out and it's about the pressure to beat Michigan, I just, it seems I don't know, a, a little unusual for that to be the entire focus of the offseason because for me, and I will let you talk more at length here in a second, what would anybody be saying if the field goal went in? That's what I cannot get past. Yeah, I mean, that that's what makes it uh, uh, a difficult and nuanced conversation that, that frankly, like I'm, I'm pretty torn on because like I don't, I don't want to be dismissive of Ohio State fans' feelings and then you know the ones that that want to see this team like get back to beating Michigan again. And I think like it's easier for me to to say like well what did you expect to beat them every year in perpetuity? Like of course that wasn't going to happen, but like I'm not I'm not in it. I wasn't born in it. I don't I don't live and and breathe it and, and like it's not it's not the thing that consumes me. So I, I I don't want to be dismissive of the fans for for whom that that is the case. But like eventually it was going to flip back in Michigan's favor at some point. Um, but like to lose two years in a row and to lose the way they did, like I, it doesn't sit well with anybody. I to, I totally get that. But there's more to the conversation. Um, I think at least as it pertains to like Ryan Day's job status and and the more is like competing and and in theory winning national championships and and he's put the team in position to do that frankly like more often than his predecessor did now his predecessor did it but but never really got back close to doing it again after after he accomplished it once so like that's all part of the conversation i i don't know i don't know where ryan day should be i i, I don't th it's like do you think he should be on the hot seat and is he actually on the hot seat he's definitely not on the hot seat whether or not you think he is um or think he should be or think that he would be if they lost to michigan again i think is all worthwhile conversation but um, as we learned last year and as we discussed a couple weeks ago, like the dynamic is changing and that game, that game is just not an impediment on the way to a national championship anymore. So then how are we supposed to analyze that and process it if in fact Ohio State does lose to Michigan again, either next year or at some other point later in Ryan Day's tenure? I, I, I honestly don't. I wish I had a better answer than I don't know, but, but I truly don't. I think it's complicated. I think you, know, you and I have both been a part of either national or conference-wide coverage teams. And the job is not the same as what we do now, where 365 days and 24 hours of those days are devoted towards covering one team, and the focus is different. 
to me, a lot of the May, June, July, like parachute in, do a feature on Ohio State. Well, what's going on? They've lost to Michigan two years in a row. I, I think it's kind of that sort of focus on them and forcing them to talk about it over and over or asking them to do so and expecting different answers. Like, has Ohio State stopped caring about winning the game? No, they absolutely haven't. Uh, what did they feel like they learned in those games? I mean, I think those are fair questions. That's a more fair question to ask, but they're not going to start saying we don't care about it and we're okay with losing the last couple. And so it just feels odd to me that that is becoming time after time after time. This is the story. Can Ryan Day beat Michigan? And I think that his overall job, and he said this to us and he said this to anyone who's asked, it's the three-pronged approach that you win the rivalry, you win the Big Ten, and you win the national championship. And whether everyone agrees with this or not, and we, we both want to make that clear, Ohio State fans can feel like whichever one of those three is the most important to them, that's fine. Not going to tell you how to feel about it. I think Gene Smith has made it very clear that the one that is most important to him is a national championship. And I think there's a good case to be made for why that is. So like dwelling on just the rivalry part from these national stories to me seems odd and and no offense to anyone doing it, it's, it's almost like it's a little bit lazy because I think there's a lot more interesting things going on at Ohio State than losing the last two games in the rivalry. I would uh, like to hear from anyone who prioritizes the Big Ten championship of those three because <laughs> just uh, that would be that would be an odd and interesting response. So if you're one of those people who puts the Big Ten title up on the pedestal ahead of beating Michigan and winning the national championship, uh, hit, hit the phone hey. lines. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to, you know, <laughs> judge anybody and what they view as the most important. It's a, it is a good one. Let's have them on the show to talk about yeah, I don't, why the conference championship <laughs> is so invaluable. I don't want to judge them. I just want to study their brain and and figure figure <laughs> out what that, why that would be the case. Um, yeah, like it's it's uh, it's low hanging off season fruit for sure. And I think I think when you're as close to it as we are, you're just. I don't know. You want to, you want to, we, we want to talk about other stuff. It's like, how much can we talk about Michigan? Um, and maybe the answer is, is a lot. Maybe we don't do it enough. I don't know. Um, but I think at a certain point, it's just like, can we, let's stop talking about it. Let's wait till they play in November and see what happens on the field. Like Ohio state can say all they want. they like, we understand what it means for that game. You can't lose it. Uh, we've learned some lessons from it. It's like, okay, that's great. I'm glad you feel that way. Do it in November when, when you actually play them. And then, and then we'll talk about it. Um, but if you're doing it from a national for a national outlet, I guess you come at it from a different perspective. But like, I agree with you there. There, there are much more um, interesting things about this team. If you want to get like into the weeds, but if you want to take the 30,000 foot approach, I think that is, that is where you start. But I also wonder too, like, I don't, I, I want this to come off the, the right way. I suppose like Ryan day needs to find like his, whatever his thing is to, to get Ohio state over the top. And I think like clearly for urban Meyer, there was a, there was a fixation on beating Michigan that came to him naturally because of where he grew up and, and Ryan day can like embrace the importance of beating Michigan, um, but not necessarily come at it from the same place. And if it's like, if it's the national championship chase that like really gets him going and, and brings out the best in him, which I think we saw last year, it was like like the 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 obsession on Michigan and the way he approached it like just didn't work for him. But then once he got past that, they lost that game, and it was like, all right, we're going to try to beat Georgia. We're going to try to win a national championship. I think I don't know if it was the 100 percent best of Ryan Day, but it was pretty damn close. Um, it was mm -hmm. it was yeah maybe the second 
closest I guess he's come other than the, the sugar bowl against Clemson. Something uh, that, that to me like suggests that there was something about that chase that resonated more with him. And, and if your answer to the response to that is like, well, the Michigan game should be that like, oh, okay. Like I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I, but I think he just needs to tap into whatever that thing is for him. And if, and if it's not pounding your chest and saying, we're going to go beat the rival, like in the similar manner to the way urban did, um, I think that's okay as long like and and that's like sort of independent of the results. It's more about like the day to day approach to it. He's still going to win that game when you get there, but if you can somehow manifest your best performance against Michigan by approaching it um, from a different kind of angle, maybe than Urban Meyer or Jim Trussell did, maybe that's the right path for Ryan Day. So all all this like, hey Ryan, you got you got to be Michigan, right? Kind of stuff. Like like he knows that he understands that, but um, I don't know if if him like fixating on it is maybe the best path forward for him in terms of finding success in the rivalry. Boy, that, that analysis right there really wrinkled my brain and started thinking about, we talked about the maniacal focus that he had on beating Clemson, but the way he knew how to do that was not, I'm going to play smash mouth football and we're going to convert every third and one on the ground. Like he was, I'm going to floor the tempo, stretch the field, and not let Brent Venables look to the sideline and change. He knew that was the way, and it, and it suited his personality way better. Like, that's the offense mm-hmm. he wanted to run. He said, I'm going to take that even further. And he, once he applied the same attention to Michigan last year, it was out of character for the, for the offense specific that he wanted to run. You know, I, I've never really thought about it this way because we've always said that like, he's way more of an assassin. He's way more uh, like Urban when it comes to the competitive mindset than he gets credit for because he's so calm and uh, relatively unfazed uh, on the sideline compared to his predecessor, but that they have the same thing driving them. And he, we're like, well, that's, that's why he's going to get results against Michigan this year. That's what we said at this time last year, right? I mean, or I did. Mm. Like, it's going to drive him. He's going to find a solution because he did it when it was Clemson. But the way he went about it was different because it got completely out of his character. I don't, I don't think it's going to be impossible for Ohio State to solve Michigan. Frankly, if they ran the same offense that they ran to beat Clemson, I think they would have blown the doors off of them two years in a row uh, if they'd been healthy maybe or not dealing with the flu two years ago. And if they hadn't got you know a little bit tight in the play calling last year, that was they were definitely heading for that on November 26th. But it, it is interesting that he's – he channeled the same type of attention to the, to the opponent. This time it became Michigan a year ago, but the way he went about solving the issue was not the same. And it was, that's what got him all out of character. I don't think it's something that he can't correct because it, it seemed like he had done that three weeks later. Yeah. And I think he, he also, did we talk about, you guys talked about on the rooster show, I think maybe the, that him, his appearance on Chris Holtman's podcast when I was away and and Mm -hmm. sort of the, the introspection that he showed there. So I, I, I think his, his mind is kind of working that way too. I think, I think he understands that the buttons that he tried to push last year just, just weren't right up, up until they got back and were able to rally the team and, and get ready for Georgia. Like clearly they pushed a lot of the right buttons leading and in, leading into that game, but the whole year, like it wasn't, it wasn't just the Michigan game, like the whole year they felt tight. And I think it's because that game against Michigan was hanging over them and there was so much pressure on them to win it. And like, there's going to be even more pressure this year. They're going to have to go up to Ann Arbor with a, a, a new starting quarterback who will then be 11 games into a starting career. So I don't know how new he'll be, but um, a lot of different variables at play and the game is up on the road in Ann Arbor this year. And there's going to be immense pressure to win that game. But 
I think lessons were, at least I would hope that lessons were learned last season about how they approached trying to, to kind of swing the rivalry back in their favor. And they're at least saying the right things, or he's saying the right things, or he did at least to Chris Holtman. He hasn't really said that to, to us just yet. I'll be interested if he does now that the thought process is kind of out there. But um, if that is, if that is a coach who's like truly encountered some, uh, some adversity and, and learned from it and, and push forward, then, um, I think Ohio State could be in a good spot going to this game against Michigan this year. Like that, that stuff to me is a little more interesting, maybe than just like, of course, Ohio State has pressure to beat Michigan. The pressure existed when they were winning every year too, which is that they won and no one talked about it. Um, like the the approach to it, I think is is more interesting. The 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 psychology of it, I think, is more interesting than just like, of course, you have to win that game. Yeah, and I, I, that's that's maybe why I feel that a little bit less than satisfied about reading this story. And maybe Heather tried to get at that and, and Ryan Day didn't participate in it mm-hmm. the way that it seems like, you know, he did with Chris Holtman. He said here, and I'll, I'll just read this quote for your sake and for the audience, because he's not quoted a great deal in the story. Um, but, you know, he's, Heather says it's a narrow twist of fate and football that changed the entire narrative and exacerbated the losses to Michigan. And Day said, quote, we don't have a choice. He said of winning a national title. The expectation is that you do. The rivalry game is obviously very important. And when you look at those games and you see the single plays that really cost us the game, when you're talking about on defense giving up explosive plays, that's very important. That's how games can go sideways. We have to identify that and get that fixed. That hurt us in the Georgia game as well. So it's that that quote starts by talking about how close they were to winning a national championship and how important it was. It veered back to what went sideways against Michigan defensively and then circled back uh, to how close they were to winning a national championship. And I think that there is some conflict going on there for Ryan Day where that his top goal does seem to be winning a national title. And he's aware of how important the rivalry is for the fan base, but he's, I think, at this point, trying not to put every single egg in that one basket. Again, that's yeah. amateur psychology for me, but... I think I think he is. Um, I don't I don't envy the position that he's in because you know a lot of a college coach's job is PR and you have to say the right things. Um, so he has to give the proper deference to the Michigan game, while I think getting people to realize that it's that it it is not the ultimate goal. It is a goal. Um, it is and some at least right now. Oh, I guess the playoff is expanding after this year, so it's not for one more year. I guess it could be a prohibitive game for Ohio State, but after this year, it's not. I don't think it's going to be. I would like, like I, again, Ohio State can lose. I think two games for the rest of its existence and still make the playoff. I'm not saying you should be okay with Ohio State losing ever. I understand that the the standard here, but that's just the reality of the situation. So, um, I just don't. I just don't know if that's the kind of game that manifests the kind of pressure that we're talking about anymore after this year, it's the national championships. It's the, it's the playoff berth, I guess, and playoff success, but ultimately the national championships that really put the pressure on a, on the coach at Ohio state and Clemson and Georgia moving forward in the world where there's just more access to the college football playoff now. So um, it's a little weird to process for me. Like I don't, as I said before, I'm not, I'm not so sure I'm a huge fan of that because I think that the weight of these kinds of games is what makes or what has made in the past, I guess, college football special. And it does feel like we're losing that a little bit. Um, 
but there's nothing we can do about it. And, and I think that's the reality that Ryan Day finds himself in. He knows he knows that getting there, getting to the stage and trying to win a national title is what is of the utmost importance. And while beating, winning this game is also important, um, I think it is probably a rung down from from hoisting, hoisting that trophy at the end of the year, if, if he were to be honest about it, if he could be honest about it. I wonder, Bill, if there's an element where Ohio State views the strength of its program. You have to set aside the results the last two years against Michigan to for this argument to make sense. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to work through it. When you zoom out over the last 20 years, when you look at the 10 years of the college football playoff era, I wonder if Gene Smith, Ryan Day, people inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center say everything about the foundation of the program, the players, the infrastructure, now the NIL opportunities, the city of Columbus, all of it has Ohio State in a much better position to compete for national championships, even currently, than Michigan. And if that allows them to say, well, you know what, that's why after the Fiesta Bowl, Clemson became the focus. And right now, why Georgia is the one that they are constantly measuring themselves against in the recruiting battle, more so than Alabama. And obviously, Mm -hmm. just playing them is part of it, but the national championships. And I wonder if they just feel that they already have an inherent advantage over Michigan, and if they decided to take a more urban Meyer-centric approach and, like, got to win gold pants, anything else, don't care. Like, I wonder if that's part of this conversation, is that they are trying to close the gap, get over the hump, and if they do that against Alabama and Georgia, then everything else is just going to take care of itself. Now, maybe that does a disservice to the rivalry, and maybe this hypothesis doesn't make any sense at all. Nobody has told me that that is what's driving Ryan Day or Jim Knowles or anybody else is beating Alabama or Georgia. But I know that the recruiting battles often come down to those programs much more than Michigan. So they're not trying to compete necessarily head-to-head in that fashion against their rival. So uh, maybe that cost them in those two games. I-, I really don't know. Maybe it was just circumstances. But you know, if you feel like you already have an edge over Michigan, then de- devoting a lot more of your time to them would seem like a redundancy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I. Disagree. I don't think I disagree with that. I, I think I get what you're saying, and and I agree with it. Um, I guess maybe the counter argument to that would be, if you continue to allow Michigan to build the momentum that it has clearly built over the last two years, that like it eventually, in in recruiting on the field, like it will become a hindrance to you and your goal to to win a national title. Like they'll start taking players from you, um, and and frankly, like, I don't. I don't think we're there quite yet. Like a Michigan got a, a head-to-head win in recruiting this year with Jordan Marshall. I know that it's really competitive. It seems like for the cornerbacks, Bryce West and Aaron Scott, that Ohio State is trying to keep in state, and, and Michigan is after those guys. Like, if the tide starts turning in that way more than it has in the past, um, then then I think you start seeing real ramifications, I guess, of not prioritizing this game first um, because mm-hmm. those feel like while well, while. I think the importance of individual result and game results often gets overstated in recruiting. It does feel like the results of Ohio State Michigan games can be pretty impactful when it comes to recruiting like the regional footprint uh, over year over year. And and maybe that Michigan is starting to to harness a little bit of that. I think it's probably too early to say that. But if the if the success continues, then I think you can see a world where, where they start doing it more and more. And then you have the the effect on Ohio State on the field when it's playing against anybody else, let alone Georgia, Georgia or Alabama. So but Short of that, um, I think you're right. I think you could become too micro-focused on 
trying to win this game and kind of lose sight of I don't know the bigger picture. I guess I, I feel it feels very odd to me to put the Michigan game in that, in that context. Like I keep I keep yeah. wanting to stop myself from finishing my sentences because like I, honestly it feels kind of dirty to talk about it because like I, even though I did not grow up in this game, like I, I respect it very much. Um, right. And I'm not trying I'm not trying to to belittle it, but um, I just think like the way that college football has changed is, is doing that, and I'm just we're all just kind of along for the ride. So um, I do think you're right. I, th- I think I think that the hyper fixation on it could could be to Ohio State's detriment if it's not careful, and that's the balance that they're trying to strike. Yeah, and I'm not even I'm not even trying to suggest that that's the right or wrong approach. I, I think that that's probably just a product of everyone trying to get a grasp on college football the way that we are right now. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's changing, and we, I say this all the time. Like you, you, you're talking about the rivalry, and and it sounds like we're diminishing it. That's not that's not the goal. That's not how we feel about it like the passion and the excitement and the buildup and the result for November 26th. I mean, that was a, a very emotional game to cover as anyone who saw snap judgments that day uh, can attest. I thought it was pretty important. I still think, I still yeah. think it's pretty important. Uh, and, uh, and certainly I may have overreacted to it, but that's <laughs> again, showing an appreciation and a deference to that. I, I just, I think that there is a, a lot when Ohio state is preparing just as you brought up recruits, the NL, NIL part of it, Ohio State is not measuring itself against Michigan and to some extent not even really concerned about it. It wins the recruiting battles, 95% of the ones that it wants to against Michigan. They don't get involved with all the same people. Maybe Byrne would say that that number is too high, but I know when one came up this year that they lost, they felt like it was the only one in like the last 10 years that they lost to Michigan that they were not mm. like okay with. Um, they're doing this – they're fighting uphill more frequently against Georgia and Alabama. And if that's, that's where I think some of their attention shifts when it comes to the recruiting part, I guess there's a counter argument to be made that if you're not taking the Ohio players who understand the importance of the rivalry and getting gold pants, that maybe, maybe that's a trade off or a sacrifice. I, I don't know. We could probably talk about this forever and not get to any definitive point, but probably that's a reminder that, any of these stories in June and July are sort of missing the purpose, missing the point. Like, Ohio State has not lost the ability to beat Michigan. Like, that's that's not what, what's going on here. No, they, they haven't. Um, it's more competitive. Michigan is better, which I think like gets lost in this conversation. Like Michigan is significantly better <laughs> than, than it has been um, like in a decade prior to, to Jim Harbaugh's arrival, and I guess the beginning of his tenure a little bit too. Um, so that's part of it as well. And like – I guess like my 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 personal thesis on it is like yes there is pressure to beat Michigan always there always is like you you should win that game more often than you lose it you should try to win it every year and if your sky is falling when you lose it that's college football baby I love it I'm I'm glad you feel that way <laughs> um but um like they're they're every, it's it's almost like a year by year thing now like okay like you lost that game but then what happened and if the answer is like we lost that game and then we got to the playoff and lost in the playoff and didn't win a national championship. Like if the two keep getting stacked on top of each other, they're like, yeah, let's have a conversation. Um, but I, and, and I guess it's like, well, that's what's happened in the last two years. Like totally fair. I'm not trying to say that like Ryan day shouldn't be feeling any pressure at all. He should be. Um, but I, I don't know that it should be all hinging on just this one game when there are goals beyond that, that are still achievable. If they do lose that game, like, I think we need to almost like, Take it, yeah. Take it year by year, more probably more so than we ever have before. 
All right. When you get to the thesis at the end of a show, that's that's how you write papers, right? Like that's how we should have done it. We yeah organized it perfectly. Put you put your thesis at the end and have it be uh, rambling and incoherent. That's the way. That's what you're <laughs> supposed to do it. Well, we nailed it. Um, that's the way it goes, though. It is a reminder. It is the middle of June or late June, so uh, when we get some opportunities like this to weigh in on other people's thoughts, we're going to take it because uh, we can't just do nothing but position previews in June, but we will later <laughs> on this week once we get into the Probably. cornerbacks. Yeah, we'll do some corners. We have safeties left. Uh, we'll probably talk. We'll talk some some recruiting camps. There's one more. on the Last one's on Tuesday. Um, seven on seven camp on, on Wednesday. So there's still some stuff to talk about there. All right. More uh, coverage of that coming from the folks back in Columbus with uh, Berm and Bill uh, going to be out there at the Woody on Tuesday. There'll be coverage of that at ohiostate.rivals.com. And of course, on the podcast, we appreciate you starting your Tuesday with us on the daily for Bill. I am Austin. We will talk to you later.